It's November 14th, 2022. And this is the Watson Weekly, your essential e-commerce digest. Today on our show, Stripe laying off 14% of its workers. Big Commerce Q3 2022 results show profitability and sustainability concerns. UPS and Overstock launch returns pilot program. Google launches new deals-focused shopping updates. And finally, the Investor Minute, which contains five items this week from the world of venture capital, acquisitions, and IPOs. But first, in our shopping cart full of news, payments provider Stripe laying off 14% of its workers. In pretty surprising news to me, payments giant Stripe has decided to lay off 14% of its staff. At the outset, more than a few people in my network are completely surprised that actually Stripe hasn't gone public yet, as they are large enough to do so. CEO Patrick Collison wrote an extremely thoughtful note, and I thought I would detail a few of the points here. The company is laying off about 11,000 workers, and the cuts will affect most of the company's divisions. The company claimed it has two huge mistakes that it made both of which sounded extremely familiar if you listen to the layoff messages of other startups. First, they overestimated the growth in e-commerce this year, and stop me if you've heard this before, next year coming out of COVID. And second, they grew operating expenses too quickly to fuel their growth. Stripe is paying for 14 weeks of severance, which is above average, in addition to paying out bonuses, offering placement assistance, and accelerated vesting. Stripe does say that its priorities will shift and that it will be releasing edits to its roadmap soon. Speaking of major edits to its roadmap, Facebook's 11,000 layoffs would also create pretty significant roadmap challenges, don't you think? Back to Stripe, though. Overall, I don't expect this to affect Stripe's business significantly. I'm struck that this is typical of what is happening in the venture-backed startup software scene right now. Some of these concepts may not survive. One final note about Stripe... Shopify owns 22% of Stripe, and Stripe Payments is the linchpin of the fastest-growing part of Shopify's business, payments. I don't expect this to have a big impact on Shopify or Plus, however, as Stripe isn't going anywhere for a while. Our second story. Big Commerce Q3 2022 results show profitability and sustainability concerns. So it appears to me that SaaS companies have so much belt tightening to do. While this part of the podcast is about big commerce, as a comparison, Shopify moved from flat to negative 25% net operating margin with their latest quarter. The below figures were based on the same quarter a year ago for big commerce. Big commerce grew revenue 22% year over year. Keep in mind that revenue is not dependent on GMV. Subscription revenue is up 26%. As a comparison point, Shopify's subscription revenue is currently growing 12% year-over-year, so over twice as fast for big commerce. Big commerce's cost of revenue grew 41% year-over-year. Expense lines as well. Here they are. Sales and marketing grew 31%. R&D, 35%. And general and administration, 42%. With these new expense gains, big commerce is now at negative 42% operating margin which is just a tremendous number in this environment for a SaaS company not growing over 30% year over year. So what does it mean? A few things, I think. First, both Shopify and Big Commerce need to either find a large source of margin dollars, think on the order of Amazon's ad business, or you will likely see significant price hikes over the next year. I'd be shocked to see both Big Commerce and Shopify not raise prices by 30% plus. 
When was the last time these platforms truly raised prices in a significant way anyway? Before you say there's no way their market could bear it, I beg to differ. Big commerce makes most of its revenue from larger companies. As an example, if a Fortune 500 company is paying $1,000 a month or $1,300 a month for a cloud-based platform, it's not going to amount to much of a difference. It could keep the low tiers less if it wants or perhaps should abandon this low tier altogether. Either way, I suspect the price increases are already being planned. Second, back to Shopify for a moment. Shopify is in a different place than big commerce since they have already demonstrated net operating margin potential in recent years. I expect a price hike here as well, plus a restructure could get them back to more normal numbers, where that might be negative 5% net operating margins, for instance. Third, big commerce, I think, has other challenges. While the company has subscription revenue growing faster than Shopify, total revenue is growing slower than Shopify. Ultimately, this means that big commerce is severely under-monetized. Just to give you some ideas, Shopify's revenue is about 18 times big commerce this quarter. However, Shopify's profit dollars are 37 times big commerce. Since big commerce subscription growth is healthy, that's one of the reasons I predict prices will go up. Finally, in my hot take of the week, I also think that big commerce could be a significant take private opportunity, similar to what happened recently with Avalara, who is also growing similarly, but also negative 25% net operating margin. I do not see why big commerce needs to be a public company in these markets, and I would not be surprised if private equity actually sees the same thing. Our third story. UPS and Overstock launch returns pilot program. According to Max Garland from Supply Chain Dive, on Overstock's recent earnings report, they discussed a new pilot returns program with UPS that begins at Q4. Here are some details from the Overstock release. There will be simpler home pickup options for returns that do not require reboxing of the product. The two companies will closely monitor the customer's experience and behavior in response to these new offerings. This service builds on UPS's recently announced logistics as a service initiative to improve delivery density, visibility, and offer expanded reverse logistics services. I like this idea for a few reasons. First, it's just a pilot, so it's low commitment from both sides. Second, UPS has the trucks on the road already, and they are shipping a lot of empty air back to their local facilities after dropping off on a route, so there is capacity. The more things a truck can do on the same route, the more likely the route monetization can improve. Third, UPS has home pickup options in over 5,000 UPS stores in the U.S., so it's already known as a returns provider. Fourth, there has been some startup activity in this space. App Return Queen is a consumer-focused app that I've seen advertised in subways in New York City that tells consumers they don't need to box up anything and they will pick up and return products to retailers for a fee. Personally, I'd rather trust UPS with this. If you couldn't tell, I'm a fan of this idea and expect that if consumers respond similarly, UPS will not have too much trouble selling this new service. And our last story. Google launches new deals-focused shopping updates. Search provider Google recently announced new shopping updates with a deal-focused angle in time for the holiday season. What does it mean for merchants and buyers? Shashi Thakur published a blog post about it from Google. First, the facts. If you're shopping and an item is on promotion, there is a new promotions badge that shows up in search results with a sale or special offer badge on the product image. Google will also show your product offers side-by-side with other retailers' listings directly in search results. Finally, and what could be my favorite idea, Google is adding price history in the search results so you can see 
whether the product is a good value based on its intelligence from across the web. For consumers, this sounds useful and will help with my holiday shopping, as long as I can trust the available products that I'm viewing. Especially price history, which Google also does for flights, I find this extremely valuable, and frankly, I'm shocked that it took Google so long to add this feature. For brands this holiday season, it probably makes sense. If Google is consistently the second or third e-commerce shopping search, it doesn't pay to be there all the time, though. However, if you are a premium brand, it doesn't pay to be in a promotional race to the bottom either. Google is responding to the prevailing mood of deals, but ultimately, what this could do is help retailers lose margin dollars faster than ever before. It's that time, friends, for our Investor Minute. We have five items on the menu today. First, Ernesta, a direct-to-consumer custom rug manufacturer, raises $25 million to elevate interior spaces. This wasn't as interesting as John Foley, the former CEO and founder of Peloton, my former boss at Barnes & Noble, incidentally, is the founder, and he is bringing most of the former Peloton gang along with him. I truly don't know a thing about the rug market, so hard to comment on this one, other than best wishes to John on his new journey. Second, Shipio raises $40 million to further supply chain visibility platform expansion. The company provides visibility into the transportation journey of your product as it moves between your suppliers and the customers, whether that journey is by boat, using trains, or on trucks. The company claims to be tracking more than 28 million loads of products per year. Third, Gearflow, a Chicago-based equipment's part marketplace platform, receives $5.5 million seed round. The company started in the SMB space and has morphed in more of an enterprise parts marketplace in what's expected to be a fast-growing market over the next decade. Visibility in the procurement process in this industry is one of the biggest challenges they're looking to solve. Fourth, Israeli-based Trigo raises $100 million to scale its grocery retail platform. This is a serious investment in the space and a sign that there is a big opportunity here. Platforms like Instacart that are pivoting should be worried since they're going to be running headfirst into companies like Mercatus and now Trigo. Grocery is starting to modernize. And finally, Mason, a commerce engine Excel-backed startup offering Amazon-grade commerce engine to online sellers across the world. With respect to what I'm sure are great founders at Mason's, the TechCrunch article characterizes the solution as, quote, Amazon-grade e-commerce. But they've raised $7.5 million. Do I need to say anything else? That's all for this week. Till next time, Watsonians. Hi, I'm Rick Watson, CEO and founder of RMW Commerce Consulting and host of the Watson Weekly Podcast, your essential e-commerce digest. Our production partner for the series is Citizen Racecar. The show is produced by Alex Brower. Production manager, Gabriela Montekin. To hear new episodes of the show every Monday morning, subscribe now at rmwcommerce.com slash Watson Weekly and wherever you get your podcasts.